Welcome to Westport Road Baptist Church. We're so glad you've decided to join us for today's message. Westport Road Baptist Church is located at the corner of Hurstbourne Lane and Westport Road in Louisville, Kentucky. If you have a Bible, please have it handy and prepare your heart and mind as our pastor, Chip Pendleton, brings us the Word of God. Good morning. Welcome to worship on this, the last of the crybabies. You can wave goodbye to the crybabies. I always feel so sad when those, the promo comes up, uh, the sermon bumper, seeing the babies cry. So hopefully after the sermon series, you can effectively say, I'm not a crybaby. I won't be a crybaby for the rest of my life. And, but we have to wrap it all up uh, this week. I do want to tell you that starting next week, we are starting a new sermon series called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And this is going to be a great six-week series, and there's going to be a lot of different ways to connect with this sermon series. There's going to be some small groups uh, on Sunday morning starting on August 28th. There'll be a, a way to participate in a church-wide Bible study right on your uh, phone, as well as some retreat prayer days and, and, and some things like that. So be sure that you're signed up for the Church Life email on Fridays. It's a great way to know what's going on. There's a lot going on in this church that if you're not connected, it's, it's hard to know. But we're really excited about the ruthless elimination of her series that starts next week. Well, have you ever got confused while going on a drive you haven't you're probably lying but one of the ways that we try not to get confused on a drive is looking at road signs but sometimes road signs just aren't clear like this one I'll show you this one like what do you do when you hit that stop sign or we have another one this is from Australia that's a real road sign in Australia I'm masterfully confused of what to do there especially that arrow pointing directly to the side. Maybe that's where you're at. I don't know. Uh, we have this on road signs sometimes can tell you um, the secret nuclear bunker is to the left in case you were wanting to know how secret it is. Uh, here's another one. I'm not exactly for sure what I would do. Stop. No stopping in alley anytime. Do you, do you stop at the stop sign? Do you run the stop sign? Like what do you do with it? And maybe perhaps you feel like this, this road sign Can't go left, can't go right, can't go forward, but can't go back. You just are stuck. Well, today we're asking the question that Malachi kind of asked the questions to the people. It is, where are you going? Where are you going? You know, almost 170 years before the writing of Malachi was the destruction of the temple if we think in terms of our own day, 170 years before today, it would be around 1850. The people have been exiled. They come back. They're a small, kind of insignificant province of Judea. They're, the past feels like ancient history. And they're kind of asking this question, you know, is, is, is that, was that a fable? There's some words that the glory of the Lord would return and would raise up his people, but we don't even have our former... Um, our, our former territory. We're just this little insignificant province. Like, is it really worth following the Lord? You know, interesting enough, um, this is random, but one time I was reading in a, a study Bible, a commentary, and it said that the destruction of the temple actually happened on August 14th, 586, which today is August 14th. So I don't know what you do with that random Bible trivia, but I thought it was interesting. So every year on my calendar, it pops up today is the day 
the destruction of the temple. But that was a major day for them. And it's kind of for the people like, does it really matter to follow God? And that's why Malachi's been asking this question. Does it matter to pay tithes? Does it matter to obey the Lord? And so we come to the, sem- to the summary of this in Malachi chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. It starts and says, Surely the day is coming. It will burn like a furnace. All the arrogant and evil, every evildoer will be stubble, and the day that is coming will set them on fire, says the Lord Almighty. Not a root or a branch will be left to them. But for you who revere my name, the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in his wings, or healing in its rays, and you will go out and frolic like well-fed calves. Then you will trample on the wicked. They will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I act, says the Lord Almighty. Here the prophet says, and the Lord says through the prophet, there's two paths. You're saying this is ancient history, like does it matter to follow the Lord? But the prophet says, but look ahead, there is a day that is coming. And there are two very different paths. Uh, I was heard from a counselor this week who was telling me the story. He's like, you know, in our culture, we're so driven by pleasure of the moment. We ask ourselves this question, will this make me happy this moment? Will eating this food make me happy this moment? Will this relationship, will this act make me happy in this moment? But we fail to think, what, how does that look two steps from now, 10 minutes from now, a year from now, five years from now? But we think just in the moment. And that's in essence is what the prophet here is doing. We as a culture, as a people, we like to think right now. I mean, think about eating Think about eating contests. I want to show you a couple. This is from Southern California. Big Mama's Pizza. Five of you get two hours to eat that ginormous pizza. Or we can go to another place. I think this is the Northeast. I love the guy's shirt that says, Problem Solved. Um, uh, he's about to have a real problem uh, uh, e- eating that thing. This is actually in the United Kingdom. It's a breakfast that has 6,000 calories. There was actually a fight over this breakfast because people wanted there to be a warning that said, if you have heart disease, you could die from eating this breakfast. But when it comes to our food or eating contest in the moment, sure, let's do it. But how does that really work out for you down the road? And the prophet here is saying, and God is saying to his people, hey, In the moment, this may seem like some good decisions, but how is it going to work out for you down the road? He mentions two groups. The arrogant. This this mentality of, I'm superior. And really, this is an arrogance toward God. I know the right way. I know the right path. I'm the one who's in charge. God, you may have spoken in the past. You may be speaking in the moment, but I know the right path. I I think it looks like, like this meme that says this. It says, um, I'm not always right, but when I'm not right, I'm still not wrong. We kind of live with that mentality sometimes. Like we hate to admit we are wrong. God forbid we admit we're wrong. I may not be right, but I'm not wrong. So pride says, I'm going my way. I'm going my path. But God says, where does that path lead you? Where is that taking you the second one he mentions here is evildoers 
evildoers. Now, what is evildoer? The evildoer is someone who does evil. It's someone who their actions aren't God's actions. They're someone uh, who reject God through their behaviors. That said, I'm going to go my own path and go my own way. But friends, the end for the arrogant and the evildoer, it's not good. It's simple as that. It's just not good. We like to live in this black, or we like to live in gray a lot of times, but sometimes in our decisions, there is a black and white decision. There's, there's, a, there's a right and there's a wrong uh, decision. And that's sobering. It's a, it's a warning. But we need to know that in the end, the writing says that the arrogant and the evildoer are exposed to stubble with no root or branch. And for the people hearing this, they've watched their ancestors had the same decision, and they chose not to follow God's law. And 170 years before, they could say, we saw the destruction. And here God says, hey, you don't want to do this again. He goes through in verse 2 through 3, and he highlights the future for those who serve God. He says, but for you who revere my name, the sun of righteousness will rise with healing in its rays, and you will go out and frolic like well-fed calves then you will trample on the wicked they will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when i act says the lord almighty chip mentioned last week in in verse three chapter three verse 16 uh, it says that there's a group who revere god's name probably small a, a remnant the contrast of the masses who are going their own way in arrogance pride but a small remnant in a small province who feels like they're losing their influence. But to them, God says, he will be a son of righteousness that will rise and bring healing and frolic with deep joy. I mean, what an image of a calf that's frolicking. We've seen horses or animals that do that, like that image of deep joy. Now, that may not be in the media. That may not be... Um, it may, doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. But the path ahead for the righteous is, is joy. Joy is ahead for the righteous. So when we come to these moments where we're trying to make a decision between right and wrong, God's path, our, our path, we need to think about where does that lead. Sometimes God's path in the moment is much harder. And if this is all it is, like, what's it worth? It's worth being faithful to God because there is joy that's ahead for the righteous. Go on in verse 4, chapter 4, verse 4. He says, Remember the law of my servant Moses, the decrees and laws I gave him at Horeb for all Israel. The people are called back to remember Horeb. This is the place where God gave Moses the law a long, long time ago, centuries and centuries ago. But it's a place to remember, to, in essence, renew their own heart, to renew their own covenant. God made it clear how they were to live. God made it clear the path that they were to follow. But sometimes we have to decide, will we choose to follow the Lord? Now, some of you may have looked at those road signs and thought, yeah, 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 that was before we had GPS, but now we have GPS, right? My phone tells me which way to go. Like, I am more sophisticated than needing to understand confusing road signs. 
But did you know GPS isn't always right? Majority of the time it is right, and I'm super grateful for that. But in our Wednesday night Bible study, it was funny, I asked a question about being lost, and then all these stories about GPS that started coming out of fails that, that people in our class had had with it. And it turns out it's a thing. It's a, it's a wonderful search if you're trying to waste some time uh, to read about people's fails. You'll read about some people, uh, international travelers, whose GPS told them how to get to an island was to drive across the beach. And they thought that was real, so they drove across the beach, and you know what happened? They got stuck. And then the tide comes in, and it catches the car, and there they're lost because they were following the GPS there. And this has happened more than just once. I want to show you this quick video clip of a GPS fail. Believe everything your GPS tells you. Case in point, a Canadian woman who followed hers right down a boat ramp into Lake Huron. She actually had to roll down her window quickly and was able to climb out of it and swim to shore. It was a dark, foggy night, and uh, that water, by the way, four degrees Celsius. Oh, yeah. So the woman on a dark and foggy night followed her GPS that took her right into Lake Huron. Four degrees Celsius, 40-some degrees, and she climbed out. You know, there are things in our lives that are like a GPS. There are people, there are influences, they're the people in our lives that are giving us direction. And here the question becomes, who are those people in your life that you are listening to, that you're seeking wisdom from, and where is it that they are leading you? Are they leading you down calling you to follow God's path? Or are they leading you down to follow your own path? Who are the GPS people in, in, in your life? And friends, sometimes, especially if you think of somebody maybe who's more successful than you, maybe it's a boss that you want their approval, maybe it's somebody that you want their validation or, or praise, Sometimes we are, we are willing to compromise on what is right and true in order to please the people around us whose approval we want. If the GPS voices in your life aren't leading you toward God, then that's not who we need to have to be those people of influence in our life. And when, when God calls his people to remember Horeb, he's saying that ultimately the GPS of your life is to be God's word. We need to make God's word our highest value no matter what. And if somebody or something or some culture or anything is causing you or calling you to go a path that isn't God's path, we shouldn't listen to it. Why? Because where is it leading you? It may feel better in the moment. It may get you a quicker promotion at work. It may seemingly relieve some of the stress in the moment in your life, but the place where it's leading you is not a good place. It's not a godly place. It's not a place of joy. So no matter what, we need to make God's, um, God's word our highest value. He goes on in verse 5 and 6. And he says, See, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before that great and dreadful day of the Lord Comes. He will turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the hearts of the children to their parents or else I will come and strike the land with total destruction. These are the final words of the Old Testament for both the, the Jewish uh, tradition as well as the Protestant tradition. These are the last words of a prophet in the Old Testament. And so here God says that before that day he would send his prophet Elijah 
whose call would be to turn the hearts of the, the fathers, the hearts of the parents back to their children and vice versa, or else I will come and strike the land with total destruction. This is kind of the mic drop of the Old Testament. God speaks forth his word to say, hey, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to send a prophet who will declare my word before that day for the purpose of calling you back. They'd seen total destruction before. There was no reason to pursue that again. So here we come to this question of where is the path that you're walking? Where is the path ahead taking you? This is a sobering question, but it's one that if we don't take time to consider, sometimes we can get down a path and, and then be like, how did I get here? I just want to f- mention a few weaknesses, I think, sometimes of why we can go down wrong paths. And the first one I would say is this, it's, it's blind spots. When we are driving, there are blind spots in our car that we have to be intentional to turn and look for them because we do not see them on our own. Uh, in my car, one of the greatest inventions I'm so grateful for, when I put on my turn signal and there's somebody in my blind spot, my car beeps at me. Like, idiot alert. <laughs> Check your blind spot. Forgot to do that. And how often can that save us from wrecks when we check our blind spots? Uh, one of my blind spots in life is I cannot paint. As much as I love to paint, my wife can paint in our house. Yesterday we were painting our front deck, and I tried to convince, because I'm not allowed to pick up a paintbrush in my house without permission uh, after uh, some fails from our past 15 years of marriage. But I convinced Jacqueline to let me pick up a paintbrush to help paint the front porch. Um, Just primer, not even the real paint. I don't get to do the real paint, just primer. So I'm painting the primer, and it's going, okay, I think. She leaves, she comes back, and she's like, how much do you get done? I said, well, it took me about two hours to get this little set. She's like, how did it take you? I said, well, I didn't want to make a mistake. Like, I am in for this. So I walk inside. I look, I have primer in my hair. I still got primer all over me. I'm not graying this fast. It's just paint today if you see any white in my hair. And then I'm going to wash my brushes, and I accidentally drop the paint cup all over our driveway. We walk out today, and Adele goes, what happened here? I said, I don't know. There was this giant flock of birds flew over, and... I don't even know what happened here, but um, we're going to figure that out. See, the truth is that I have a, I just, it's not my gift. It's not my skill. But I hate to admit it. I love the thought of painting. It turns into quite the adventure for the rest of us as we clean up the messes I make. It's just not an area that I'm good at. But as much as I, I don't like to admit that. Maybe that's perhaps the arrogance that the Lord talked about earlier. You know, it's interesting. I have a, a friend who, uh, he's really not walked away from the faith. One of his arguments against Christianity is he says that Christians will focus on one or two issues and say, this is right, this is wrong, but they ignore other big issues. And while I think that's not a fair statement, the church in the past has had where they'll focus on one or two issues. The saying will go, well, you fought for prohibition of alcohol back in the 1920s where people were being lynched in the South and you didn't stand up for that. The church always has things that we can look at that we didn't do right. But we have to be pay attention that there are blind spots. Like, are we standing up for justice? Are we standing up for righteousness? at all times, in all places, because we can have blind spots. And personal blind spots could be anger. I find myself exploding in anger. I'm amazed how angry sometimes, when you look in the mirror, maybe we say, man, anger's where I really, I really struggle with. 
Or maybe it's fear. Maybe it's lust. Like, what are those blind spots that keep us from going God's path? Another one could be a, a slow fade, just what I call it. You know, it's sometimes interesting. Like, we think, if we think about a, a bad behavior or addictive behavior, and if that's point Z and we're at point A, and we think, you know what, I'll never go to and do point Z. No, that's crazy. And then you find out people end up in that spot. And it's like, how did you get there? Well, we just compromised a little we just made a small decision here and there and suddenly i'm at point d and a i'm not at a but no i'll never get there and we keep compromising a little bit over and over and before we know it we're closer to point z than we were to a and it feels harder to get back to where we started than where we're going and we end up in that slow fade we had a big controversy in my house we had a giant roll of fudge and everybody was to get two pieces of this fudge so then one of my children, won't be named, uh, for, for various reasons, we went in and there were six pieces gone. I mean, we had clearly identified every, we're five, we're doing math, right? There are five members of our house, 10 pieces, two pieces per. I thought it should be more since I weigh more, but no, we said two pieces per person. We get this and then we go and look for it and it's all gone. And one of my children had eaten six pieces and when we finally, I finally pulled myself off the roof, like, what happened? This is fudge. Like, this is gold, right? What do we do here? We finally started talking about it. Well, what happened on piece three? Well, it took me a while, but I thought, I'm just going to go try piece number three. Was it as hard on piece four? No. Piece five? Just threw it in. Piece six? I was done. And that's the way it happens sometimes in life. We know what's ours. We know what belongs to us. But once we pass that point, it just becomes easier and easier. And then we got this big snowball. We've eaten six pieces of fudge. Friends in our own life, be, be weary. Be, be, be aware of the slow fades. Those small decisions. Oh, it's no big deal. I'll just do this piece. I'll just do one more. But that can so quickly snowball into some really huge, major issues in our life when we slowly fade. Lastly, uh, one thing we can do that, that takes us out on a bad path is, is bad justifications. I am amazed how quickly I can try to justify wrong decisions. I can so quickly try to explain it away, what I've done that's not good. Well, it isn't as bad as someone else. Well, it isn't hurting anyone. Oh, no one will know. We justify ourselves that just says, well, it's my money. It's, it's my time. I just, I'm stressed and I just need to do something to blow off stress. We so quickly justify the decisions that are leading us on a wrong path. And I think the Lord sometimes just wants to shine the light in our hearts and say, hey, following your own path your own plan it's not worth it and where it leads you is not to a place of joy it's not to a place of peace it's not even to a place of life and those decisions five minutes five months five years down the road you're going to look back and think why did i do that friends the lord comes and he warns us today because he loves us he wasn't trying to beat down the people who are struggling in this time of Malachi. He was trying to raise them up, to protect them. 
as a son of righteousness with healing in his rays. He wanted deep joy for them, but he knew that it would cost them giving up their own path and their own plan. Friends, I come to you as a friend and as a a pastor today to say, as we look at your own life, where are you going today? Is it toward Jesus? Is it toward truth? Is it toward hope? Is your faith burning more strongly for Jesus than it was 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago? I don't want to fade. I want my life to stay fervently for Jesus. I was a youth pastor in Tulsa. One night we were on a ski retreat. And, um, you know, I was 23 years old and I was speaking to high school students and I felt so strongly this message uh, similar to this one. It was from a different text. Students, there are two paths. There's a good path and there's a wrong path. And for some of you, God is calling you. And it was a message of warning and it was kind of an unusual message. It isn't kind of your usual a student ministry message but I felt it so strongly and I knew there was this group of guys and I felt like the Lord was speaking really strongly to them so I shared this message for them I remember Jacqueline saying later she's like wow that was really strong and I said yeah I know I felt that like the Lord wanted to share this message of where are you going for one of those group of guys I remember when I got the message that he'd been busted for stealing cars and was in jail I couldn't help think back to that moment of Hey, God was calling him to a better path. And he didn't follow it. And he ended up in a lot of trouble and a lot of hurt. And I thought of another guy in that group who gave his life to Jesus. And he listened to Jesus. And he didn't go through a lot of easy stuff. But today, his faith is still standing strong. God has blessed this, this, this young man who chose to follow him. For those two individuals, one chose to walk path that was his own path and it led to his own harm and hurt one chose to follow God's path and it led toward life and light takes me back to Deuteronomy as we're thinking back at Horeb where where God says today I set before you blessings and cursings choose life choose life choose life there is nothing that the world can offer There's nothing that your own pride or arrogance can offer that will be better than the life that God has for you as we follow his plan. Would you join me in prayer? Holy Spirit, you love each and every one of us, and I pray that you would speak to each one of our hearts today. Draw us to you. Draw us to your path. Draw us to life. In Jesus' name. friends today the call is pretty clear i invite you in this time of reflection perhaps if you'd like to come forward and pray you are welcome to do that but i think right where you sit the holy spirit is right there maybe there's something that's come up today you've been convicted in your heart that you think hey i need to deal with that to repent of that we know that the lord is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins when we confess take that time whether up here or where you sit and confess to submit to god's plan Maybe you've never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ and you said, hey, I am walking my own path and I don't want to go that path. I want to go the Jesus way. I'd invite you to join me up front. We'd love to uh, pray with you to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. Or perhaps you feel God is calling you to join this church. We would also welcome you 
at this time as we stand together and sing. We hope you enjoyed today's lesson and that it spoke to you. If you have prayer needs or want more information about us, we invite you to stop by our website, mywrbc.org, and click on Contact. Please use the word podcast in the subject line. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, keyword mywrbc. At Westport Road Baptist Church, we love God and love people. Please join us for Sunday morning service at either 9.30 a.m. or 11 a.m. We also have Sunday school for all ages during both service times. Thanks again for listening, and join us next week for another message from God's Word.